I've never looked at the world of fashion, bringing fashion to people through the eye of someone that lives in an ivory tower. I've always looked at fashion like a customer. I've always planned events as if I was attending it myself. I always looked at the food as if I would want to eat it, if the flowers would please my eye, because if it pleased me, I knew it would ultimately please the customer. Hi, I'm Matt Rubel, and we are with an amazingly talented guest this afternoon. He has done things that have brought glamour and sparkle to the world at the highest level, and now he's bringing the mall to all and taking the M off of mall and doing something very special with that, and that is the former fashion director of Neiman Marcus, who is now the chief creative officer of Triple Five Group, and his name is Ken Downing. Ken, welcome. We're so happy to have you with us today. I am so glad that my mother got all those notes to you, and you spoke so eloquently and elegantly about me. It's great to be here, and I hope I can live up to all of that. Well, all of the innovation that you brought, you're doing something very interesting and very different. But before we come to what you're doing with Triple Five, fashion and the world of glamour, what does it mean to you, and how did you unlock it at Neiman's? You know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned storytelling, because I think that storytelling is, is such an important component to the success of anything in the world today. And I've always been a storyteller. I think it's something that I had learned from my father, who is quite a big storyteller. And it occurred to me at a very, very young age, I actually came to fashion around six years old, my mother tells everyone. She was lamenting she had nothing to wear to a formal, which they would call kind of a gala at the time. And I heard her talking on the telephone. This was the era of the rotary, by the way. It'll let you know how old I truly am. And I went into her closet and pulled out a, a gown and hosiery and shoes and a bag and gloves and earrings. I think there was even a tiara at the top of the bed, which she ultimately ended up wearing to this event. And my mother realized at that point, if I had the ability to put clothes together, I was probably going to be in this industry. And she groomed me to do just that. Glamour has always been an important part of fashion, and I think that even though there are many out there that want to dispel the idea of glamour and dispel the idea of elegance, and we certainly see that sometimes on the runway, ultimately at its core, we're a very glamorous industry. And I think that at the core of most human beings who get up every morning and get dressed, no matter how simply or how over the top, we want a sense of beauty about us. Oh, that's, that's amazing. You got to meet all the designers around the world, and you worked with the buyers and the different people and the customers. How did people look at those different stories and the different communities that you engaged in? Did they all come together, or how did you bring it so those worlds collided with a little sparkle? It's interesting. I've always been very fortunate in my career. I, I had modeled for a while when I was living in Seattle, up and down the West Coast, and even here in New York some. And I always found that there were people of great importance and, and very glamorous people, be them photographers or fashion designers, who ended up in front of me somehow. Even at a young age, I was nine or 10 years old, and my mother brought me to meet Anne von Furstenberg at a department store in Seattle when she was launching her wrap dress. And I went up to Diane and told her that I wanted to work in fashion. You know, Diane's a very glamorous woman, an amazing accent and all that big head of feline hair. And she looked at me, darling, you will, darling, you will. It filled me with so much 
positive energy that even when people, you know, growing up in Seattle, I mean, Seattle is an amazing city, but a lot of fashion people don't necessarily come from that part of the world. It gave me the confidence to move forward. And even beyond meeting Diane when I was nine, 10 years old, Many, many fashion designers have crossed my paths from my time at iMagnon, certainly my time working at Neiman Marcus originally in my career at the store in Beverly Hills and then coming to Dallas. But bringing it all together, I actually found it to be almost a simple thing because I love the customer. And a lot of people talk about loving their customers. I've always loved the customer and I've never looked at an event, I've never looked at the world of fashion, bringing fashion to people through the eye of someone that lives in an ivory tower, I've always looked at fashion like a customer. I've always planned events as if I was attending it myself. I always looked at the food as if I would want to eat it, if the flowers would please my eye, because if it pleased me, I knew it would ultimately please the customer. So it's pleasing and engaging. So it's a way of engaging. Now, it's been said that malls have stopped engaging with people. Where if you go back, I think in the 50s and 60s, it was a place where people wanted to go for community. And now today, you'll snap and you'll chat and you'll do all sorts of other things. I mean, all sorts of things happen. How do you bring a mall back to being relevant in today's world? I mean, you've taken on this amazing kind of 3.3 million square foot piece of property. Yeah, I love that you mentioned the early mall from the late 50s and into the early 60s. And when I took on this new chapter of my career and this new challenge, I decided that I wanted to see where the mall began before I took the M off of it to make it an all. I, I wanted to see what the genesis and, and the idea of what a mall really represented. And you're absolutely correct. It, it was a gathering place. It was a community. It was a place to bring people together. And the idea that they were these feats of architecture. I mean, they were really fantastic buildings, often filled with interesting large-scale art on the inside, often art that was on the outside of the building. And so I took a lot of the ideas and, and the ideals of what the mall meant in its early stages, and I brought those ideals to American Dream. I think the interesting thing about the mall is that we're not building a mall, we're building a community. And I think that's a word that's tossed around a lot, like the word inclusive and the word diversity, but we are an inclusive, diverse community that we're building. And it's going to be a gathering place. I mean, certainly I have... Because people don't need to just go someplace to buy, they can click and go, right? They don't, yet I will say, I do feel that there's an interesting pendulum swing right now. And I don't think that e-commerce is going to go away, it's part of our life. It's when people, oh, denim is a trend. Denim has not left since the 70s. It's just how we live. Oh, when is athleisure going to end? It's not going to end. It's how we lived. It's just truly, it's just part of our, our everyday living. And people want to go out into a store. They, they want to shop. They want to touch things. And, and I think that certainly online shopping is very, very easy. But there is And they des- want to be with other people. There's a desire to be with other people. And you know, we're even seeing that just in the advertising world. There's people interested in billboard again. I mean, who would have thought that we would be talking about billboard as a trend in advertising when everybody thought it should be all digital and Instagram advertising? And I also think that it's, it's just a reflection of what's happening in the world today. Not, not only here in the US, but just the sociological, political kind of environment. People want to 
go out and engage with one another and meet their neighbor and, and meet somebody across a charging table from them, which is why I've put huge communication hubs throughout the entire property. There's, there's things to do at American Dream beyond dining, shopping, and of course the entertainment aspect, which really makes it... So a, give us a visual. Bring us to American Dream. It's in, would you like to come by a helicopter? Because I have three of those. Oh, that, that actually would be great. I think you had me at hello on that one. So we're going to the Garden State, right? We so, are going to the Garden State. So walk us into the Garden State and kind well, yeah, of I love that you bring up the Garden State because actually one of the first things that I took on, the, the, the property is enormous. And, and because it's a big property and it's a bold property, I wanted to also make it very human of scale. And we have beautiful atriums that are throughout the entire property that become neighborhoods within this community. So you've broken it up into different neighborhoods. Each neighborhood has its own personality, has its own sense of style and its own design. And one of the neighborhoods is actually a Garden State Park. And it's all inspired by the beautiful landscape of New Jersey. And, you know, it's funny... Poor New Jersey gets such a bad rap. People think it's the entire industrial other side of Manhattan. When you go deep into New Jersey, it's horse country, it's beautiful homes, it's, it's rolling hills and lovely vegetation. So we've brought all of that into the park, which is inside of American Dream. There's actually going to be a, a bunny house with bunnies and a bunny field within the garden that's going to be managed by caretakers and the bunnies are going to live beautifully. You can actually adopt a bunny on our app when it goes live and take one of the bunnies home and name it. We'll have birds and aviaries from time to time. So you can actually come inside and enjoy outside, read a book, be on your phone, work on your iPad, host a fashion show. Well, but you're bringing humanity. I mean, if you really think about what you're talking about with bringing animals in and gardens and nature, I mean, what you're really doing is you're taking us out of this almost dystopian world of being online all the time and bringing back the human senses to life where we leave this lonely world of being alone, clicking and going, and then come back to enjoy nature I think nature is such an important part of design. I think Mother Nature is probably the best designer ever. And you're right, I love humanity. Fashion students say to me, Ken, what's, what's the one thing I need to do to be a success as a fashion designer? I say, put down your phone and start living a life because the life you're living on that small screen in the palm of your hand is not the life that's going to make you successful. And I think that there's a need and a desire to engage with nature and to engage with one another. And I also just love the idea of bringing the outside to the inside. Well, rumor has it that you're also bringing a ski slope. The ski slope existed. As you know, this was originally a mall project from several, several years ago, many, many years ago, more than several, 15 plus years ago. And the only vestige of the original property, it was called Xanadu, like the Olivia Newton-John movie. I actually reached out to Olivia Newton-John's manager because I wanted Olivia Newton-John to perform in our water park, our DreamWorks water park that has the largest indoor wave pool in the world. And I thought it'd be great to have her perform some of the songs from Xanadu just for those who didn't want to talk about it. Unfortunately, that gorgeous Olivia Newton-John does not sing anymore, but maybe I'll find somebody that can do it for me. Because I also think it's fun to bring the unexpected. But... The project beyond this beautiful New Jersey State Garden, we have the communication hub where you can enjoy a book, 
because there will be stacks of art books and fashion books, photography, sports, books on architecture, and amongst the international charging stations. So if you forget your adapter, if you're traveling here from another country, or you'll be able to not worry about all that. I, I designed the property like I designed events, like I spoke about fashion when I was at Neiman Marcus. The customer is always top of mind. And people say that they're about the customer, but I think that often in retail, people around the conference room table are thinking more about themselves and how they shop as opposed to really getting out into the world and seeing who that customer is. Sometimes I think you can get lost on a piece of paper trying to look at analytics all the time. Sometimes you need to get lost with your customer and really see what's exciting them. That's great. And so is it the vast majority of its stores then, or is it It's not actually, and it's 45% retail and 55% entertainment. And And if you would have gone back to the 50s when it all started, it would have been 95% retail and 5% maybe a place to grab a quick hamburger. Well, and and our our ski slip, as you had mentioned, which was original to the project, that and a wood barrel vault ceiling are the only two vestiges of the original property. It has been gutted to the studs and reinvented on its interior. But the entertainment, it's vast and it's mind-blowing, and it's over the top. We have Nickelodeon Universe theme park. We have, as I had mentioned, the DreamWorks water park. We have an ice skating rink. And it's not only an ice skating rink because I can drive floor it, and it can be for basketball. It can be a concert series stadium. It can be a farmer's market, which actually as we're opening, we're looking to do farmer's markets because again, nature, humanity. So the mall for all, as you put it, the mall for all. His now, you're putting farmer's markets in here. You're bringing in gardens, live animals. That I'm hoping once we get open, I'm looking to do a really upscale flea market too, like the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. (laughs) I think the funny thing about American Dream in many ways is kind of the American dream because it's all the things that that I love and things that I see people enjoying. I, I grew up with bunnies in my backyard in Seattle and so I immediately thought about bunnies. The idea of craft is very important to me, again, because it's super tangible and it's about making something with your hands. And though the property is super tech and it's very advanced in many, many ways from the wayfinding that will guide you through it, I love the idea of bringing craftspeople and, and artisans onto the property as well and having them throughout because it's, I, I love seeing things made and I like seeing the people who have made them. And again, it's storytelling. So Ken, isn't this really the rebirth? So it sounds like what you've done is you've taken this conceptual path that you've experienced your whole life. You're bringing it together into a world and subworlds and then unlocking it. It's a little Busby Berkeley, I will tell you that. The fact that the property itself is so cinematic in scope, that the retail is so diverse. When you have everything from a, an 8,000 square foot Hermes shop, I have Saxos Avenue and Saint Laurent, Gucci. And, and rope a, courses. And, 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 and rope courses and, and H&M and Zara and H Mart and amazing dining from cool grab and go to, to fine dining with like Carpaccio from Bell Harbor Shops in in Miami. It's all there, including the movie theaters that you expect to find in a shopping center. But our movie theaters are super glamorous. They're on the top of the building and there's a cherry on top of the entire project because they're they're very art deco, a nod to the kind of machine age that really helped develop 
Manhattan and certainly New Jersey, and then that kind of golden era of Hollywood as well. So how do you program something like this and keep it fresh? We're downloading Netflix. We've got everything changing all the time. I mean, have you created a scenario where you can really change this out to keep everybody, uh, all the different communities that you're talking to engaged? It's interesting. One of the first things I did when I came onto the property and onto the project, there were multiple in-place, fastened-down, enormous planters. And in one breath, I tell you how much I love nature, and then in this breath, I'm going to tell you I removed them all. It's why the garden became such an important piece of it. There are gardens at each and the book and basically the property. But I wanted not to build a box that we couldn't get ourselves out of. I wanted to build a property that had the ability to transform itself at any given time. And when you have square footage laying out in front of you, you can activate fashion shows, concerts. You can have talk series with influencers and magazine editors. I can have drops of any designer that I choose to reach out to and have them bring something exciting to the property. We can do pet adoptions any day of the week, every day of the week if we choose. The property has the ability to be anything that we want it to be because it's that flexible. And I think that's one of the greatest challenges just in retail, not only big box, but small box retail, there's no flexibility. And there's no flexibility within the real estate. And I think sometimes you even find within management, people are so stagnant in their ideas of what they believe works that they don't think in a flexible sort of way. And I always like to say that our president and CEO, Don Gramazian, he took the N off of no and put a G in its place because all we understand at American Dream is go. Go, 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 and go further. And we don't think with fear. We're actually fearless in the ideas that we bring to the table. And, and we want to even think more fearlessly because I think that the creative spirit is what's lacking in retail today. I, I think the bold ideas that people want to do, they're sometimes afraid of because what if it doesn't succeed? It costs so much money. And not that there aren't budgets, but, uh, but I think that sometimes we have to just think big so that we can bring something that's going to make the customer that want Texas, to come back. <laughs> Texas Neiman Marcus I, I, coming to actually, life. You know, it's, it's very big. true. And that, don't the people who are your partners here on this, don't they also own the Mall of America? Mall of America yeah. and West Edmonton Mall in Edmonton, Alberta. I, I love that you bring up Texas because certainly I had the great fortune of, of knowing Stanley Marcus, Mr. Stanley. At the beginning of my career in Dallas and, and towards the end of his, certainly, he was no longer running the company, but he was in the building often daily. And there were many things that Mr. Stanley brought to retail that are super relevant today. And not that I'm looking to reinvent what he did, but I'm certainly going to pay homage to a few of the great ideas that he brought to Neiman Marcus. And when you think of fortnights and, and celebrating cities, you can bring a fortnight to almost anything. You can celebrate almost anything, and be it artists, be it fashion designers, be it musicians, um, emerging artists, emerging musicians, dance troops. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to be super fun on the project, but it's constantly going to be something new. So you can come to American Dream, and maybe you walk through one door, and there's a display a setup, a pop-up shop of something that totally engages you, that piques your curiosity, and you could come back in two weeks and it could be gone and maybe something 
has come back to its place, or maybe it's nothing there at all. It's essentially discovery to the property, and, and I like that. It's interesting because I love the fact that it's the American dream. It's a and, big and handle. That you think of it as American dream, <laughs> which is the no to go. It's interesting because this is so much more than a mall. It's almost as though the mall word should go away because what you have created is an energy hub, a hub where humanity can come together and experience life with a constant look at what is new, whether it's in fashion, whether it's in food, or whether it's just nature and other people getting out and being amongst people. And I think that the American dream that you are bringing together is really quite spectacular and something that, from what we're hearing and seeing, is something that will, over the next 10 years, really drive change in how people interact in spaces and come together. I would hope that American Dream would inspire because I think that the word dream in and of itself is a word that allows you to inspire yourself and to inspire others. And beyond the amazing shopping and dining and, and all the fun you can have at all of the experiences that will be on the property, I want people to have a sense of curiosity when they come. I, I want them to interact with one another in their surroundings. That's why there's so much seating and, and, and not seating like you would find in a hotel lobby. This is one very residential and it's one that encourages you to interact with one another. Uh, even within the luxury wing of all of our retail, I've engaged Jonathan Adler, also a born and raised in New Jersey, because I do think it's important that we wink and we nod to the state where we are. And he's doing all of the sitting salons throughout the entire luxury wing, as well as my cabanas in the water park and my ski lodge lobby as well. But what I love about Isn't Jonathan, that great that you can go from a cabana getting a little bit of relaxation and you, rest, you can over to skiing, and then come back and hang out with the bunnies and, and then go shopping and get yourself some great clothing and eat some great meals. Well, you know, you can get a suntan 365 days a year. You could ski in the snow 365 days a year. The crazy thing about the ski hill, it's real snow. We're actually blowing snow right now as we speak. We actually had to chill the building to zero to then bring it back up to 24 degrees so we could actually start the snow blowing process. Because uh, many people, there could be a ski carpet, it could be synthetic snow, but it's really snow that you're skiing on. And the cool thing is there's retail in front of it, but you can try before you buy. So anything that you might want to consider purchasing, skis, poles, outerwear, you can try it on the slopes and then we can set it to you wherever your home happens and to be. And that is not something we can do while clicking on our... No, you uh, cannot. <laughs> ...on our cell phones. But before we end, I mean, you've told us so much about what you are bringing to life here through art, fashion, interaction, nature, music. It's like an orchestra that you are constantly writing new music for. I think I'm my own Broadway producer oh. or, or my own Broadway director. I mean, it's actually interesting you even bring up music because each one of the atriums, the neighborhoods, they actually will have their own soundtrack, even within the fashion. If it's an 80s moment, you'll hear 80s music, 90s. We're, we're really looking at each of those areas their own personalities start to finish. So the music will actually be very specific to each one of the atriums as well. I, I'm a detail freak. I can I, tell. I, 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 I'm well, a good, then I want to ask you a detail, <laughs> okay. which is if I went on the internet and I learned all about Ken Downing and 
I said, okay, that's great. And by the way, he is tall, good looking, and I can understand why he was a model. It looks like you're at least six foot three. And uh, I which am would six be, three. oh, there you go. What else would we not find out that would inform us about the person who is bringing the American dream to all? It's very interesting you would ask me that. I think there's more about me on the internet than I even know about. Um, I'm told that most about me on the internet is actually very, very kind. And funny that you bring up my height because a lot of people meet me and they're very surprised how tall I am, but I am 6'3". I think that what people are most taken aback by when they meet me is I'm actually not a haughty, arrogant, self-important fashion person. I'm very down to earth and simple things really excite me. I love super simple things. I also love superlative and over the top and crazy, but and I love bringing it to people. But I'm pretty simple. I, I live a pretty elaborate life as it appears on Instagram. But at the end of the day, I, I'm just a pretty normal kind of guy. I'd rather be out in the yard digging a hole and planting a tree and <laughs> that wow. kind of a thing. <laughs> and so, Ken, I think what you articulated is really that is the American dream. And the word can and, and the word go really do deal with the positive aspects of what engagement and humanity should be. And so we are at Retails from the Front Line. We have a great conversation with you in learning about something that's budding in the gardens of New Jersey, (laughs) and that is the American Dream Mall. And we thank you very much for spending this time with us. I'm with Ken Downing, who is the Chief Creative Officer of Triple Five Group. And I'm Matt Rubel, and this is Retails from the Front Lines. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt.